I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When I was really struggling in the darkest of dark places, like I couldn't leave the house. It was just horrific. I discovered Happy Place and the first one that I listened to was um, Fern speaking to Stephen Fry and listening to his struggles being the man that he is and everything that he's achieved and the fact that he still to this day struggles with his mental health was such a huge moment for me in that darkest of dark place. I just, it was so inspirational and it really, I have to I've actually never told Fern how much it really helped me out at the time I really needed it. Hello and welcome to the podcast Castaway, a podcast about podcasts, a cross between a goggle box and desert island discs of podcasts. I'm Laura Whitmore, broadcaster, performer, chancer and podcast lover. I've been on a mission to get my next fix of podcast recommendations. Every week I'll be talking about all things podcasts with people who love podcasts, many of whom have podcasts themselves. Many times can I say podcasts in one sentence? Reckon a few more. So whether you're looking for podcasts about mental health or comedy, love, crime, or your next fictional series to binge listen to, my guests have got you covered. You may also be surprised by what some folk are listening to, and from that a springboard into some really interesting discussions. Welcome to Castaway. I first met today's guest, I'm going to say eight years ago, nine years ago. It's when I first moved to, to London. I was living in Camden. I used to see her around the place and think she was the coolest person there was uh, and then I met her when she came into MTV with her little dog Monty and then we really got to know each other probably around 2016 when we both did Strictly together so today's guest is Daisy Lowe not only is she beautiful but she's passionate kind and refreshingly real and honest in sharing her experience of an unconventional childhood in the spotlight uh, she was scouted in Camden um, at the age of 15 and she's modelled for everyone from uh, Italian Vogue, British Vogue, as well as fronting many fashion campaigns for the likes of Marc Jacobs and Agent Provocateur. She reached a point where years and years of being in the public eye and speculation and judgment really, really built up and got to her. And it's the first time since I've known her that we probably spoke so openly about mental health with each other. Uh, As well as that, Daisy also reveals her love of listening to Gregory Porter, her passion for getting to the heart of a story and how important that vulnerability is. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Today on Castaway, it's Daisy Lowe. Daisy, hi. Hi, darling. Hi. Oh, God, I need to do that one again. <coughs> Sounds like can I'm we, Can we talk about why boy. your voice is extra <laughs> sexy today? Um, I've, I actually haven't even been partying. I've just been working so hard. It's just yeah. been Fashion Week. And I came straight out of Fashion Week. The last thing I went to was on Monday night. We're now on, 
couple of days of the week, oh, is it? Oh my God, I don't eat. Thursday. Thursday. Is it Thursday? <laughs> Throwback Isn't Thursday. that terrible? And I had to work all of Tuesday and all of Wednesday and I'm shooting all of tomorrow. But I didn't drink. I was like, I didn't drink the maybe whole Maybe you should have drank. Fashion. Maybe I should. Maybe I would have felt That's better. That's where you went wrong. <laughs> I think so. I was trying to work out when I first met you and I actually... I, I do. Do you remember? Yeah. Wait, was it, it MTV? Was, was it MTV yeah. News and you were in... Like amazing little denim hot pants. I went through a stage of that's all I t-shirts. had. That's all I had. That's all I wore on MTV. I had no money for other clothes. And I was promoting a fragrance campaign for Tommy Hilfiger called mm-hmm. Loud. You had your dog with you. And I had my dog you had, with you me. You had Monty with you. And I think I was still living in New York, but I'd come over to do a bunch of promo and I got to meet you. And I just remember thinking... I shouldn't be the one in the ads. This girl's so beautiful and she's really charismatic and I don't really know what to say because she's just really cool. I mean, that's very flattering. It's Thanks exciting. for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, you have your own podcast, Femme, and podcasts, I feel, they're, re- they're really having a moment. And audio and storytelling has been around for years. Mm. But this whole concept of this term podcast, which I think was coined in 2004 by people at Apple or something, mm-hmm. um, has really taken over. And I think particularly, I don't know, my age group and all my friends, everyone's listening mm. to a podcast. Well, it's sort of like being part of someone's conversation. You feel included. They're just coming into yours. I suppose with the same way that radio mm. happens. But it's completely ungoverned. So each person chooses whether they advertise or not, what they talk about or not. You know, there is no limits to your discussion and it's total free speech. I remember when I interviewed you for MTV and, I, you know, I've worked for different networks where you're, you're kind of governed by time. You've got five minutes mm-hmm. to interview someone. You've got to get the soundbite. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times once you get the soundbite from a journalistic background you kind of don't listen to the rest of the conversation and you kind of move on. Because you're waiting for that quote. You're waiting for that quote. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you lose you lose sight of actually what that person is talking about. Mm. And I know from my point of view, I, I found that I was never really... All my interviews were quick. And, and it just yeah, kind but, of felt a bit shallow. Yeah, but... Well, yes and no. But I think that's you being incredibly hard on yourself. But also... You're only given that on the red carpet, that moment, you know, of like, what are you wearing? What are you up for tonight and off? Or what are you promoting? What's your album? What's your single? What's the inspiration behind it? Cool, bye. Oh my God, you could do my my job. (laughs) So with your your podcast that you've got, Femme, what made you decide I want to to join the crew of podcasts? Well, firstly, it started with my love of podcasts, actually, initially. Like, I felt like... I'm trying to remember. I think it was about 2011, 2012, maybe. Maybe it was a late bloomer with a podcast. But um, the, a friend of mine told me about a few podcasts. And it was just when I was walking my dog. And I didn't want to be on the phone to someone exhausting my voice or my headspace. And just wanted to not necessarily even escape, but just listen to something and feel like mm-hmm. I had some company, but still having time on my own. And they actually became quite a sacred thing for me. And then after doing Strictly, actually, and for the first time in my career, I mean, look, I started modelling full time when I was 17. I left school and became a model. And I always promised myself that I would do other things. (laughs) Um, And at 19, I did my first film and I've, I've done quite a few since then like little indie mm-hmm. films most of which no one should ever watch but um and then I wrote my cookbook because I was kind of looking for actually looking for healthy alternatives so that I could eat 
sugar. <laughs> um, it was like all <laughs> non-refined sugar. Yeah, non-refined sugar, no wheat, no dairy. It was actually quite ahead of its time now, I think, about it. It was like six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was when I was 24. And then... How long ago was Strictly? Three years ago. Three years ago. We we did it, we did for it anyone together. who didn't see the show, we did it together. And <laughs> I... part of that mad whirlwind together. And I don't think anyone who didn't... If you do the show, you'll understand. Mm. It is the biggest show on, on television. Um, mm. And, you know, you, you kind of grew up in the industry in, in some way. Yeah. I, I listened to your podcast. You've got uh, your mom. That's yeah. probably one of my favourite ones with That's Pearl, so um, who I met Thank at Glastonbury. She's great. She loves you. <laughs> She's so going to give me wallpaper. Yeah, she was going <laughs> to give you wallpaper, and she probably wants to dress you also. Oh, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> you know, she talked about. I think it was was it your first birthday. And you had, had a rave. rave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's not your average but first it was birthday. 1990. Yeah. And my mum was 20. Yeah. And, you know, I'm 30 now and I still don't have any kids. And I think I take my hat off to her for managing to do it as well as she did. You Can know. you imagine having a 10-year-old now? No way. No, thank you. Poor loves. <laughs> I'm really pleased I haven't had them yet, but I... Also, I think part of me is sad because I love how close my mum and I are because we grew up together, essentially. What was it like having your mum on the podcast? It was really strangely comforting. I got really anxious before. I probably got the most nervous out of interviewing anyone. Really? Oh, actually, not maybe not Mel C. That was probably the... <gasps> Sporty Spice. Let's have a little listen. I, I remember going to um, Portobello Road a lot with you. Yeah. You used to take me vintage shopping, I which I think is, yeah, I think that's where my kind of love for vintage clothes or clothes in general comes from, really. I remember I found you this amazing coat, which was floor length, and it was, um, it was like sort of black PVC with a big fur collar, <laughs> and you were only two. And I remember, like, <laughs> Grandma just going, oh, she looks like a German hooker in that coat. <laughs> And I remember like taking you to Portobello Cafe and then I was like sat there and Ellen Von Onworth came up to me and said, I love her coat. Where is that from? <laughs> oh my God, amazing. I was really loving. And then I was, but anyway, she, anyway, grandma threw it away, which I was really upset. <gasps> no about. way. Yeah, she it's... denies it, but I know she did. <laughs> but listening to the podcast with your mo- mom, like you were, like you were surrounded, you lived in London, you were surrounded by the craziness of London. I remember coming to London when I was 22, 23 and I got the MTV job mm. and it was quite overwhelming doing something like Strictly. I mm. remember there was cameras outside my house and I wanted to put the bins out yeah. and I, it was too much for me and I, I found it really difficult. No, I had a really sure hard time. I did actually suffer with PTSD afterwards. But you did grow up where you were pictured, you, you have always I've, been pictured always and followed been, around. Yeah, I think from 15 I've been in the tabloids she's quite now I'm 30 I'm like god that's really young that's so young so young and it was you're still trying to understand yourself and other people are telling you things about yourself well also I'm only trying actually really truly working myself out at 30 you know and I think 34 and I have four years (laughs) since I have no idea yeah but I think also you're constantly being scrutinised by loads of people who don't know you mm-hmm. and you're looking at I mean at 19 I swore to myself that I would never read anything that was written about me ever except the only exception is if I've done an interview and I'm worried about how I sounded I just don't want to sound like a twit mm-hmm. um, so I'll just sort of skim read but even that I find really difficult oh my god That's and also the amount of 
untrue things. Like the amount of men, I'm sure you've, that we've apparently dated. I mean, we could I really mean, well, fill the books. We could really. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> the dating the dating history of Daisy Lowe and Laura Wilmore. <laughs> Subscribe really, here. Really good list. I bet it would be quite an epic list. <laughs> but yeah, it, you have kind of grown up around it and I... I love the podcast with your mom Thank because you. I think sometimes people forget that you're we, just a person. Yeah, your just, mom was very young when she had you, yeah. you know, and we're all just figuring it out. Yeah, I mean, and it's interesting. I think obviously, like, I was in the press because of my family as a kid. Yeah. Um, and I think there was a lot of scrutiny because I found out that my the guy who I thought was my dad wasn't my dad. How old were you? When? 15. And then it turned out that my mum's phone was hacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it all came out in the press, even though we'd signed an NDA. Um, and so then everyone thought that me, age 15, or my mum had sold the stories. So then that made, that meant There's that... another m- article. And-, and, and also then it meant that my relationship with my newly discovered father was then incredibly mm-hmm. damaged because he didn't trust Mm-hmm. me or us and him and my mum have been best friends for 25 years and I felt like I'd ruined it and you're 15. 15 and and then and then on top of that I hadn't been allowed to tell anyone around me and yet everyone found out because it was in all the papers so I came into school and all my friends were like oh, I was this way you've been being really weird and all my teachers had to pull me out of lessons and it's just so dark and then obviously my mum wrote a book about all of her struggles with addiction mm-hmm. And so, did you know like, all about that before the book came out? She told me as she was writing the book. Okay. Um, but it was, I mean, as painful as it was to just learn that my mum had struggled so much more than anything. I mean, I think even though I had no idea, because as kids you just get on with it, and she was an amazing mum. So and that's life. That's normal. Just life for is you. normal, totally. Yeah. And um, you know, it was really fun. We had a wild household, and we had loads of parties and interesting people all around and and we were always cared for um but they just liked a good party they were really young you know there was a a lot of understanding came later I think but when I found out I was just mainly worried about mum but I think my point is that it was so special having my mum on the podcast because I was like actually a lot of my like I hate that word, fame, Mm -hmm. comes from being your daughter and you being in the public eye and all of this quite dark scrutiny that you were under. But actually, the amount of people that come up to me in the street, and I was like, your mum's book changed my life. Like, thank God for your mum because it helped me get sober. And my mum's been sober ever since she wrote it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she's heroic and legendary and so inspiring. And it was really special to be able to kind of address that stuff yeah. because I'm sick of being asked it in interviews. <laughs> and and actually, I think that's where podcasts are incredible because you can just go, actually, I'm going to set my own tone. I'm going to set my tell, set the story straight. Yeah. I find it really interesting what other people, same with books, like what people are listening to, what people are reading. And um, I asked you about some of the podcasts that you like and that mm-hmm. kind of have resonated with you mm-hmm. um, and the first one I want to talk about because I didn't realise he had a podcast Legend. and that is Gregory Porter The Hang I am Gregory Porter you're listening to The Hang watch what happens when the people catch wind of the water hit the podcast dedicated to hanging out oh as beautiful as his voice is singing his speaking voice speaking voice it's like velvet Oh, it's so delightful. And the one that really got me hooked in was, because I love her, was Annie Lennox. I said this to you already. 
and I live with a Scottish man, I never realised how Scottish Annie was. She's so Scottish. It's just great. It's there's brilliant. two voices together. Mm. And they really, there's a real harmony between, they're like quite yin and yang together because she's quite melodic and high and, mm. but still very soft and he's like low and velvety. My roots actually, now we're talking about roots yeah. and soil. Yeah. I come from a working class Scottish background where there was a factory across the street, red brick, where there was a slaughterhouse down the road where the the cattle were driven down. Mm -hmm. It was very bloody when you went by, you know, you saw cattle skins and hides and Mm -hmm. blood and it was very strange, but it was normal, you know. What is normal to you when you're a kid? I mean, it's maybe abnormal looking back. We played in what used to be bomb sites because... You know, the, it was only 10 years after the war and Aberdeen was bombed during the Second World War. Aberdeen. You know, it's funny. Like, my grandfather worked in the shipyards. My father went to the shipyards at 14. He started smoking at 14. He died of cancer at 61 after a lifetime of smoking. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. A different time. There is so much to the soil of me, yeah. I would say, yeah. as a sensitive uh kind of otherworldly kid. Yeah. At the very start of the podcast, uh, because I think he records it in Mallorca, in her home in Mallorca. Um, Each episode is done in a different part of the world. He was in her home for this one. Yeah, so the really interesting thing is, I think, how it came about was that um, rather than doing spending a load of money on advertising for promo for his album, he said, no, I'd like to put it all in to do this podcast, which meant that they actually had quite a decent budget to basically fly all over the world to go and interview we his favourite people. We don't have the same budget for no, neither this do podcast. I. <laughs> Not for you do it from either. your bed. <laughs> I do it from my bed, exactly. <laughs> I should have done that too. I would have had a lion this morning. <laughs> so with this one... Uh, at the very start of it, and this is the thing about sound and podcasts, you feel like, I actually felt like I was there. You could hear the, mm. the cicadas, the, there was mating season, the very beginning, you can hear all the insects yeah. and the noise in the background. Yeah. And it just immediately sets the scene mm-hmm. and the calmness. And, and he speaks so beautifully about why he's doing this podcast. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, you loved that, didn't you? Oh, I love that because <laughs> Annie Lennox is like, basically, why the hell are you doing this? <laughs> like, you're a really talented singer. You tour all over the world. Why are you doing a podcast as well? And he said, because I'm really good at interviews. I've listened to myself <laughs> and I never get enough time to talk about what I want to talk about. Let's talk through that particular podcast. Um, so, I, I mean, the bits that really got me... I just re-listened to some of it, actually. Because I love that you get little clips of his music Mm. throughout it. And it's just that soul. It's so palpable. With You know, you just feel it through every fibre when Mm. you hear him. And and actually, she was asking him about what it was like to write about water. Because she was saying that she's really drawn to writing about water as well. And it being... What was she saying? It was you know, like a metaphor for life and existence. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, I'm very much paraphrasing, but it... There's a really interesting book, I'm going off subject here, about <laughs> water though, but about how water has emotions. Oh yeah, Dr. Emoto. Yeah, that, that, that's one too, but there's, it's an, actually an, there's another book, it's by an Irish author, um, Claire Swinburne, and it talks about how you, if you talk to water and the molecules and basically it's them. got life. Yeah, of course. Everything has life. Yeah. Energy is energy, right? Energy is energy and you can see it. But there's actually scientific proof behind this. 
I mean, but also it's just a conversation that you'd never be privy to. Do you know what I mean? Like it's something that happens in the studio, mm-hmm. behind closed doors. It feels like you're there with them and experiencing this conversation in real time. Mm. And that's why, I mean, podcasts are just so great. I could just go on about them all day. That's good. We'll, we'll do it for another half an hour, maybe. <laughs> um, and what I love as well is most of the time it's someone he knows quite well. Mm. So I feel with a lot of interviews, sometimes there's that guard. Totally. Straight away. And with Gregory as well, because he comes, you know, he's a extremely talented musician. He's not coming in there as a journalist trying to get something out of someone they don't want to get. No. So immediately everyone has their guard down mm-hmm. and it's this openness that uh, allows for so much possibility mm-hmm. and revelations. Mm-hmm. No, you're right, and people have let their guards down, don't they? Because you trust the person. It's like me coming in today. I was like, of course I'll do your podcast. I love you, so of course I want to come and hang out with you. But if it was someone that I didn't know, why would I show uh, up to do someone's podcast? Do you know what I mean? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the first time I met you with MTV, it was a very quick interview. You're not mm. going to be. You're going to talk about why you're there, and then mm. you leave. Mm. And um, and I totally get that. You kind of have to build that trust and I think and with not, who but it's not only that you're also kind of you and whoever you're interviewing is scheduled into the eyeballs that day yeah like it's like a revolving door of press yeah. and people promoting but then also you must find this too so many things are taken out of context oh, gotcha. things that you've said before with a podcast I feel it's all there if you just listen to us mm. I didn't say this I actually said this was yes. the context yeah. I was talking about this and I think that's another reason why so many people are so open to podcasts. Mm. And there are people talking on podcasts that I would never think would give up an hour to sit and chat Mm. in their holiday home in Mallorca. Also news for UK fans, Gregory has recently announced a UK tour from May 2020. Shall we go? Banging, let's go. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I want to talk about... Another choice of yours. It's getting curious with Jonathan Van Ness. Yeah, so or actually, JVN as we like to call him. JVN. So I actually want to talk about this. I've actually only just discovered it, but it was funny, I got the email about coming in today and they're like, What's what's your favourite? I was like, I've just listened to this and I love him so much. I mean, Queer Eye is one of my favourite programmes on television. So Queer Eye, I'm a huge fan of the original and then mm-hmm. then when it came on Netflix and 
the joy of Netflix is you can watch like three, four, five Spend episodes it. in one go. Yeah. And I was interviewing Tan Vance. <gasps> Stop Tan Vance. It. I was interviewing Tan France. Uh, was it this year or last year? I it's Thursday, matter. Monday, who knows? And they gave me the, the next series to watch in advance. Uh, so I was binging it. Um, my boyfriend had never watched it before. <laughs> I turned over and he was crying. He was like, this show is brilliant. It's so emotional. It's so emotional. I I love Tan, but I think I think Jonathan Something might be my favourite. No, and my favourite of all time is Karamo. I love him so much. And actually, his podcast he went on Russell Brand's Under the Skin, mm-hmm. and that episode was beautiful. Like, he, what a beautiful soul that man is. Because I think he started out as culture, but now he's more like the the resident therapist. And I, I just always find the moments that he has with whoever's on the show are really special. Like he'll always get them to let their guard down, let them, you know, look at their deep insecurities and therefore their barriers and knocks them the hell down. And it's um, it's quite special. It's very special, I think. What I love so much about this podcast is we see a different side to Jonathan as well. Mm. I mean, he talks about everything, topics which range from Middle Eastern politics, um, gravitational waves, psychedelics, plus-size modelling. Mm-hmm. He talks about everything. Mm-hmm. And it's not your usual guests either. No, not at all. And also what I really love is that he's really there for the guest. It's mm. not really about him, although he's a very large character and can't help be hilarious and bright and brilliant. Yeah. Um, but he is also very sensitive. Like the, I think out of all of them, when you watch the show, I, I feel like I've seen him cry the most. Do you know what I mean? And I thought that this particular episode was absolutely brilliant. So this is the toxic stress episode, yes. yeah. The holidays, it was just lots of tension. Yeah. Um, what's okay, so she stepped off the mountain, now what? Like, I got an issue. I'm a bloody scab wound. I'm feeling the negative chemical brain trees. How do we make them positive? Like, how do I make... I want to make my negative brain structure trees that are looking... Pretty green trees. Yes, I want... Black ones into pretty mm -hmm, green trees. Symmetrical. Much symmetrical. Exactly. So what we do is we gather them. We grab them. We literally grab them. So in your mind, mentally, your mind is so powerful. Your mind is 99% of who you are. Your physical is only the 1%. So that's happened. It's part of your story. But it's that toxic tree that is causing all those physical reactions in your body. So what you want to do is grab that and shift your perception. So like when I say grab it, literally say, okay, this is how I'm feeling. Name it, describe it, write it down, define it, kind of put it in a box, a little lock box, whatever visual you want. Then you're going to stand back and you're going to observe that. That is not who you are. It's an experience you've had. It's part of your story. I did think that this particular episode Sorry. was really insightful. Yeah. And essentially when you get really stressed out about something, mm-hmm. you create neuropathways in your brain that are like dead trees almost. And what you have to do is try and make them into green trees. So if you put them in boxes mm-hmm. and it, it's just about looking at things. It's kind of a bit CBT, yeah. like cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. almost, or cognitive analytical therapy even. I haven't had enough sleep. I've been working my bottom off um and i my voice is 
absolutely on its last legs. Um, but I was really excited to come here. So even though those three things could have sent me into absolute anxiety, stress, panic, what have I done? I've overextended myself. I went, no, no, but I'm really looking forward to seeing Laura and I know that I'll be really comfortable. And even though my voice is on its last legs, it hasn't failed me quite yet. And so it's about making these like little green tree. I mean, that was my it's understanding of what she was saying. seeing the positive, is it? Is yeah, it? I think it's that, but it's also tracking your brain. I did promise myself that I would listen to it on headphones because I didn't know if listening to it in headphones would be better than on a car stereo. Yeah. Um, is it more a personal thing? Do you... Because I think when I listen to podcasts, I very rarely listen with anyone else. I'll only listen to someone else if I'm in the car with someone. Yeah. That's the only time. Otherwise, yeah, of course, headphones in. Yeah. Get those pods in. I feel like it's almost like reading a book. Mm. You know, sitting away. It's about switching off. If I'm reading a book and someone's looking over my shoulder reading it at the same time as me, it's really annoying. So annoying. And the same with a podcast, especially if they're commentating during it. Um, getting curious um, with Jonathan Vanessa. It's just such a great name, isn't it? Mm. Jonathan Vanessa. Sounds very um, finesse. Finesse. Sounds like finesse to me. And then reminds me of Bruno Mars. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a half hour. It's a roughly around half an hour, which I also think is the perfect time. Mm. There are a lot of podcasts out there which are quite so long. long. <laughs> so long. Um, I mean, I, I had to have this discussion with my producers when I was starting up Femme because... Mm. I do. Do you know what? There are a few podcasts that I love listening to that are like three and a half hours long each episode. Um, but Joe Rogan actually, yeah, I love Joe Rogan so much. They're long. They're really long. Dedicate some good time. And I think you also have to pick and choose which guests you're listening to. I mean, he's got like nearly twelve hundred, maybe over twelve hundred now podcasts. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about. a podcast I'm a massive fan of, and that's mm. Fern Cotton. Um, oh, I, I love place. I love her anyway. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, and I've always been a huge fan. From someone who, who grew up watching her on television mm. and the transformation and the risk. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was doing a play and I called over to Fern for a cup of tea. And I remember thinking, oh God, like, what will people think? Or like, what's she doing now? Or who does she think she is that she's going to do this play? Because no one knows, you, you know, you've got a drama background or whatever. And Fern, oh, I just think she's great. Because she says, I don't want to do the same thing all the time. Mm, no, me neither. You've got one life. Yeah. And... And, you know, at the time she was just, the first book I think had come out of that mm-hmm. stage, the happy, happy. book, mm-hmm. but it was before the the podcast and before the festivals. And I remember her, you know, I looked at her and I was like, this is something that she's had to deal with as well. And people are always going to judge you and someone's always going to have an opinion. But at some point you have to follow your heart and say, screw the rest of you. Totally. But I think that, look, when I started out for sure, like you had to pick your lane and stay in it. But mm-hmm. throughout my career for the past 13 years, mm-hmm. I've really seen such a huge change. I think social media is hugely responsible for that. But you can do whatever you want now. And actually, it's it's actually far more interesting to have a more few things. different facets. Yeah. Um, because that's really endearing and it shows that you're passionate and shows that you're interesting and you don't, your passions don't just go one way. It's not just one lane anymore. It's, it's You're more of an octopus. On that, I like that. That's <laughs> what I always say about me. It's like, still can't pick a career, so I just have to put all of my octopus legs in different pies. Oh, no, I'll never forget when um, Vivian Westwood asked me to open and close her show. And um, 
I, I weirdly like was forced into trying every single look from the entire collection on, and I was kind of shoehorned in, mm-hmm. like people pulling my boobs in and my bum in. And Do you ever very... get used to that? No, <laughs> and I mean I think I'm slightly numb to it, but yeah. it, there's there's a numbness to it. But it was uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and then at the end I walked over and she went, "It's amazing she fits into anything." <laughs> I was like. Breathe. Okay, it's fine. And I went, actually, I fit into all of it, Viv. And anyway, how are you? And she went, and what is it exactly that you actually do? She booked you for this she job as well. She booked me to open oh. and close her show. Bearing in mind, this was like the eighth season I'd walked in her show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, dude. And I just went, well, uh, I'm a model first and foremost. Um, I'm an actress. I um, wrote a cookbook. and Just say, I'm Daisy Lowe. <laughs> and, I was like, and I just went, so I'm basically a jack of all trades and a master of none. Lovely to see you, Viv. And like smacked her on the arm and walked out. And I just thought, and it was actually a very common thing growing up in this industry of everyone like, like what, really but what are you because you're not really thin you? enough to be a model it did when I was younger mm-hmm. it doesn't anymore I'm like I'm just me <laughs> I don't know you you pick you pick which career of mine you think is mine and I had to really learn how to not compare myself to anybody else even though it's still the hardest thing you, to do you you seem really confident you are a confident person not always but yeah I'm but also you do now. yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose it's when people look at you and you know you so many things that you've done been very successful doing um, and and also some other things that I've been very unsuccessful at doing but yes and going back to Fern Cotton's happy place she has made a huge leap of what she has created mm. and I mean the festival it's a festival all, now but also she did it twice she had yeah. two festivals this summer because there were so many people who wanted to go to yeah. it yeah I mean it's and, and I think that there is a real desperate need for people wanting to take care of themselves from the inside out mm-hmm. and she's really hit a niche market but it's but it's from a completely genuine really kind happy place <laughs> after doing strictly i finished as i said in mid feb and then went straight into fashion week straight into shooting again and obviously when you do strictly everyone's like oh you're really interesting let's let's work with you mm-hmm. and that went on pretty much until december um, and I sold my place the day I went on tour and I ended up moving into the room that my gramps actually essentially died in um, to look after my grandma mm-hmm. and help her through the grief and then bought my place in September. And because I was buying a house, I was working like five to six jobs a day. It's like, you know, I want to get it done up and mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I'm comfortable and I've taken on a stupidly large mortgage and mm-hmm. I'm going to be an adult. This is great. I was 28 and set up my podcast had the most amazing opportunities and experiences, but it got to December and I just broke, mm-hmm. and I totally and like burn out to the to such an extreme extent that I essentially had like a form of brain epilepsy where I lost the ability to speak, I lost um, short term and long term memory, I lost um, facial recognition. So I started freaking out because if I left the house, I'd bump into people mm-hmm. that I did actually know because they'd come up and be like Daisy how are you what's going on I was just here with that person I was like I I don't know you it was so frightening Um, and that went on kind of up and down for about a year so essentially took last year out Mm -hmm. and through that time when I was really struggling in the darkest of dark places like I couldn't leave the house I mean it was just horrific I 
discovered Happy Place. And the first one that I listened to was um, Fern speaking to Stephen Fry and listening to his struggles being the man that he is and everything that he's achieved and the fact that he still, to this day, struggles with his mental health was such a huge moment for me in that darkest of dark place. And just remember Fern saying, you know, what do you still struggle from this? And if so, you know, what are your tools to cope with it? I mean, I'm very much paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to it in a year. but um, And he said, you know, I, I think it's about the people you surround yourself with. I'm really lucky. I've got a really amazing team and they watch my behavior and see how I'm coping with certain situations and they will pull me back and cancel stuff unless. Because he's also... Um, is he the chairman or the head of mind? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about his experience of that. And and obviously having suffered with mental health to then be consistently talking about it and your quite harrowing journey, how that can actually be a trigger for pulling you under. And I just, it was so inspirational. And it really, I have to, I've actually never told Fern how much it really helped me out at the time I really needed it whatever the conversation is it's it's highlighting things that needs to be prominent in all of our minds and and a real focus just for our own well-being sanity exactly. general health exactly so when when you were first approached by mind and and, and you mm. and melvin had a chat and and you mm. were sort of passed on the baton <laughs> how did you initially feel because it's one thing to be very open and honest and exposing of your own story but it's another to to then commit to talking about that long term and also yeah. to hear other people's stories because you are somewhat facing head-on some of your fears by doing that. Yeah, absolutely right. That that There was, and still is, and I still feel it occasionally, the, a danger of becoming sort of professionally mentally unstable. <laughs> you know, that that's, that's what I am, mm. that's who I am. Mm. And I've, I've always believed it's not who I am, it's a condition I live with, and I'm, I'm always prepared to talk about it. But there's also a danger because... I do live with this condition and I'm not going to kid myself that it's cured because it isn't, that if I keep picking at the scab, it's not going to be good for me. It's going to be good for my mental health. But I I think I, and certainly the people I I work with, you know, my um, beloved assistant and all the people at my agents and everything, they're they're very aware of that. And and they sense that if, if I've been asked to do something and it's at a time when I'm just in a cycle, which is not particularly energetic or particularly hopeful or particularly happy they they will you know i'll say oh, yes i'll do it because i think it's my duty and they'll say no don't don't or if you do do it do it in a month's time you know i'm sure you know what I, uh, we're so lucky to be in the profession we are it's so fantastically exciting so full of drama and challenge and excitement and color that uh, we tend to overreact in this sense that we can't say no to anything mm. because it's somehow ungrateful to the fate that has given us this great good fortune and that to say no to something is is like spitting at providence and and, and that we must say yes and actually of course that's nonsense well of course because if it's you're not in good health and you can't help anyone at all but so. fern i can't tell you how long it's taken me to yeah. <laughs> to, 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 yeah. to actually live by that. I've always mm. sort of known it, but, mm. I, but I've still just said, oh, yes, I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, after all, you know, it's uh, uh, very common, isn't it, to compare mental health with physical health. And, and uh, you know, people would not agree to do something grueling if they weren't fit. Absolutely. You know, you know I've got a cold at the moment, or, you know, I've got flu. You'd say, well, no, I, I can't do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, and we've got to be able to be confident to be able to say the same things.
it was funny I set up Femme just before I essentially had a nervous breakdown because it was mainly about mental health yeah um, well it was about multifaceted but it it was very important for me to talk about mental health I mean with each of my guests we talk about work-life balance and how you manage your stress and how you manage your mental health and what do you do to take care of it and Mm -hmm. um but it was just mad that I really was so invested in that and then broke (laughs) I was like oh maybe I maybe I knew something was going on there maybe I should Look after myself yeah, for a I little couldn't. bit. I didn't know. How but to. I do think the mind knows that sometimes. In I know even myself. The more other people talk about it, the more I recognise things within myself mm. that I haven't dealt with. Mm. Um, well, everyone else is just a mirror, right? Yeah, and everyone else we're all kind of the same. Yeah. As we're much all, as we're all unique and different and special, we're all made of stardust. We're all made of stardust. I love that's my quote that I love. Um, this is why we're friends. <laughs> we love a quote. Uh, but I, I think it's really brave to be able to talk about this because as soon as you do that and become vulnerable, mm. that's when change can happen. I feel like we've talked about 10 podcasts somehow within the ones that we've talked about. Uh, Daisy, There's still so many more. We might have to get you on again. Okay, cool. Daisy, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and sharing. And you're going to do a new series of Yeah, we're, we're starting on season two. You're coming on. Yes. Of Femme. Or it's, part, it's part of the deal. Yeah, it's part of the deal. We're doing a podcast swap. Um, so you've got to come sit on my you can bed. Just change mics now. Actually, yeah, I'll go into the bed. Come and so hang out. So much my bed. nicer. So much nicer. On that note, Daisy, thank you very much thank you. for casting away with me. And that's it. Another episode down as we delve deep into my guest's audio world. I hope you get cast away by today's top podcast picks. Yeah, I just said that, sorry. All of the podcasts we've mentioned today are included in the episode show notes. Now, if you love this conversation as much as I did, please share your thoughts by leaving a review. And if you'd like to receive weekly installments of Cast Away delivered straight to your phone, hit the subscribe button. Until next time, that's it from me. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.